This is uh, Omar WJ show still coming at you from two hours west of Kuwait and an hour south of Iraq. Um, yesterday at Akira Mall, I had a security guard push me because I came in and I'm wearing shorts that come down below my knees. Doesn't want to let me in. I've been going shopping there for like two years. Okay, I should say 23 months. And um, um, then I was asking him what his name was in Arabic, and he just gives me his first name. And then when I decide to leave, he doesn't want to let me leave. Um, so uh, that was the excitement yesterday. Um, um, you know, this is... Uh, you know, uh, a failure in emotional intelligence, but when the, okay, I'm not going to tell you, fortunately, uh, Satan stayed behind me, um, let's see, what else is there, um, news offhand, there's a fire in Algeria, uh, Denver, Colorado had the most polluted air in the world due to the wildfires in, um, in um, in the West, um, there's uh, on Reuters. There's a picture of Greenville, North Carolina. There's nothing there. Um, on my way to Austin, Texas, uh, um, I hadn't been there for a while, but they had a wildfire, and um, I'm just driving along, and I was shocked by all the trees that had been burned. So let me. Um, Get this, uh, get my recording started. Um, let's see, this is, uh, okay. So to watch someone suffer for weeks, unable to eat, unable to drink, struggling for every breath, it is, um, it changes you. On the verge of tears, Nicole Atherton has reached her breaking point. Watching someone die, more than that, coding someone, doing chest compressions on someone, breaking their ribs when you know there's no hope for them. You know if you get them back that all you're doing is delaying the inevitable. It feels like torturing people, and I don't want to do that. The intensive care nurse watched helplessly last year as COVID-19 sufferers died in her Mississippi hospital slowly, painfully, and alone. Then in July, she was once again confronted with a wave of deathly ill patients. It's the deaths that stick with Atherton long after her shift ends. For a second year in a row, tens of thousands of motorcycle enthusiasts are not expected to let COVID-19 stop them from their annual gathering in Sturgis, South Dakota. On Saturday, the first weekend of the rally, crowds of bikers, most of whom are not wearing masks, could be seen on city traffic cameras walking and riding down the streets. Bikers are attending the 10-day annual Sturgis Motorcycle Rally in South Dakota's Black Hills despite a spike in COVID-19 infections, hospitalizations, and deaths driven by the Delta variant. Last year, South Dakota made the controversial decision to hold the rally in August, and months later, a surge in COVID-19 cases was linked to the Sturgis Rally. The 81st annual Biker Rally, which runs from August 
6th through the 15th puts this isolated town on the map for one weekend every year with concerts, rides, and competitions, include a beard and mustache contest, poker tournament, and tattoo contest. California's Dixie Fire on Friday became the largest blaze in the U.S. and the third largest in California history, according to media reports. Raging for three weeks, it has it exploded again overnight in dam. Burnt out as a smoky haze paints the town wreaked havoc when it tore the strip reduced to heaps of ashes. It as a ghost town. California. Thousands of people have evacuated flames. Cable News juggernaut CNN fired three employees for coming into the office unvaccinated against COVID-19. That's according to a memo sent to staff internally on Thursday and going forward must be vaccinated. Leaving only the city's airport mission told to take control of government. It took Lionel Messi more than a minute to start this emotional farewell news conference on Sunday at FC Barcelona, where the soccer icon confirmed he'd be leaving the team. A team where he has spent his entire career. With tears running down his cheeks, he told the news conference that this is without a doubt the most difficult moment of his career. And it's a glittering career that started 21 years ago when the Argentine was just 13 years old. The 34-year-old leaves as the club's all-time scorer with more than 600 goals and 35 trophies. I grew up with the values of this club. I always tried to handle myself with humility and respect, and so I did with everyone in this house. I hope that's what I leave behind, apart from the luck I had living here and giving so much to the club. I went through many beautiful things, as well as bad things, but that also helped me grow, to keep improving, to maybe the person I am today. Messi is leaving after Barca announced last week that it could no longer afford to pay his massive salary. He's believed to be one of the world's highest paid athletes. According to Forbes magazine, he's made over $130 million in earnings. Both Barca, which has suffered steep losses recently, and Messi had wanted to sign a new contract. But the deal would have taken salaries to 110% of the club's earnings, even after Messi agreed to a 50% pay cut. The club said this would jeopardize its future given the impact of the COVID-19 pandemic and the need to comply with the financial rules of Spain's La Liga competition. Meanwhile, French newspaper L'Equipe reported on Sunday that Messi will travel to Paris either Sunday or Monday to undertake a medical and finalize a deal with Paris Saint-Germain. While Messi did not confirm he would definitely join the Parisians, he said his plans were to carry on playing as long as possible, adding he still harbors ambitions to win another Champions League trophy. Alhamdulillah, that was the scene. The Taliban offensive across Afghanistan has now seen the group seize control. Okay, so uh, um, that altercation happened at the Al Qariya Mall at the west door. The door closest to the, whatever, Highway 50, um, if you really want to know. Um, Anyway, I won't be going there anymore. Let me get the other messy story up for you. 
coming to an end now, and it's one of the most famous names in the soccer world, synonymous with Barcelona for decades, but now he's saying adios to his old club and bonjour to his new one. Striker Lionel Messi is headed to top flight League One club Paris Saint-Germain on a two-year deal worth 35 million euros or about 41 million US dollars per year. It's a stunning turn of events as Messi became a free agent back on June 30th. He was expected to sign a five-year contract with Barcelona, taking a 50% pay cut. However, due to some financial issues the La Liga club announced they were unable to re-sign the Argentinian star. Barcelona would have needed to shed $200 million in salaries as league rules state the floating salary cap limits players' wages to 70% of club revenue. That finds the 34-year-old landing today in Paris ahead of the official signing with PSG and the official presentation expected Wednesday morning. His father and agent, Jorge, confirmed the move. PSG comes away with the steal, paying no transfer fee and now has a potential dangerous front three of Neymar, Kylian Mbappe, and Messi. Back at the famed Camp Nou, it's the end of an era with photos of Messi being taken down from around the stadium after 17 seasons, four Champions League, seven Copa del Reyes, and ten La Liga titles. Messi leaves a monster legacy behind, including the title of Barcelona's all-time leading scorer with 672 goals. Switching gears now, seventh round action of the motor... I don't think I heard of Messi until I came here to um, 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 where I am right now. For uh, I leave um, in less than 48 hours. So more, let's see, more sports. Saudi Arabia got one silver medal for the... Um Olympics, United States got 39 gold, 41 silver, 33 bronze. They were number one. China was number two, 38 gold, 32 silver, 18 bronze, and Japan was number three. Host country usually does well. 27 gold, 14 silver, and 17 bronze. I never remember Japan doing so well. Okay, and this is day 16 at the games. Oh, I can't get to that site, so I'm so sad. And who is this guy? Okay, sorry about that. Um, I heard that the American women are the ones who help the gold count. Okay, so this is about a... Um, wind farm in Saudi Arabia. Al Jazeera reports that the first wind farm was... Sorry. Excuse me. Sorry. Was um, connected to the grid in Saudi Arabia. Umat al-Jandal is the region's largest wind farm with 99 wind turbines, each with the capacity to generate electricity for um, 70,000 homes. I don't know why they always say that. Um, Saudi, Saudi Arabia-based Al-Arabiya reported. It's a 400-megawatt utility-scale wind, utility wind power project. So a little, little more than uh, 4 megawatts 
per wind turbine. It's not too bad. Project created more than 600 jobs during the construction phase only. Um, yeah, Al Jazeera has the breaking news. Um, this uh, guy told me, he said he had worked for the American NSA, and why he would want to share this with me, I don't know. Oh, I had asked him about some news and uh, that I had heard on Al Jazeera. And, um, um, but he said that they would uh, leak news to uh, Al Jazeera somehow, and they, um, um, you know, they would, I mean, Al Jazeera gets the breaking news. Um, they're faster than anybody else. Um, RT.com is not too bad. Often I still can't connect to Al Jazeera. From the wind turbine story, there was some links to um, for Amnesty International about um, um, Saudi Arabia opens Umrah pilgrims, pilgrimage to vaccinated foreigners. Saudi Arabia suspends $2 billion sale of desalinization project and um, the UAE Saudi standoff ends because oil producers reached a deal on, on output. So, so um, something else I read is that the UAE is donating uh, vaccines to the US or to the Philippines and um, it's like 60 bucks a dose and, um, you know, I, I haven't Googled, um, oh, let's see, Jeff Bezos' new yacht is supposed to cost like $500 million? and um, I'm not sure about that right now. Maybe it's more, but it's at least that much, and it's, that's a big chunk of change. You can buy yourself a container ship for that much. Um, let's see. What else do I got here? Oh, more about a fire. One of the coldest places on Earth is on fire. Places could pump a record amount of climate warming CO2 into the atmosphere, with wildfires also plaguing California, Turkey, and Canada. By N.M. Simmons, August 6, 2021, 8.07 a.m. Eastern Time. Moscow, the smoke from the fires in Russia's northeast is so thick it has blotted out the sun, plunging swaths of the region into darkness during a brief summer. State of emergency has been declared in the city of Yakutsk, where freezing winter temperatures have given it the reputation of being the coldest constantly inhabited city on the planet. Residents have been told to stay indoors while volunteers and firefighters brave temperatures surpassing 100 degrees Fahrenheit. In all, the wildfires have devoured over 10 million acres of land in the Yakutia region this summer, with 175 fires still burning, according to government data. Scientists fear the amount of carbon dioxide released from the Russian blazes could surpass last year's record. Similar scenes are playing out across several parts of the globe as emergency teams battle wildfires in Turkey, southern Europe. Uh, let's see. Um, um, here, I, oh, this is about COVID-19. Two weeks, Superintendent Alberto Carvalho joins us from Miami. Miami, Mr. Superintendent, let me start with... 
the governor. He signed a, an executive order banning mask mandates in schools. Uh, you have about 334,000 students. The governor threatened funding to your school system if there are, is a mask mandate. How are you weighing the governor's order and the health of your students? Good morning, John. Number one, we have been a, a school system that's been guided by science all along. We have navigated this awful pandemic uh, with the expert advice of uh, public health and medical experts, and we're not going to abdicate that position. We'll continue to be a district that's oriented by the expert advice of professionals. It is sad that currently in America we see this rhetorical narrative that's deeply influenced by politics rather than than medicine and the wise advice of those who know best what's in the best interest of our students and the professionals who teach them. But look, we are in a privileged position in Miami-Dade that we have time in our hands. Most of the school systems in Florida open tomorrow. We have two additional weeks to continue to negotiate as Secretary Cardona and... That's terrible. Um, yeah, this anti-science thing is... Uh really nothing new. I mean, I remember at uh, um, a quarter century ago, 25 years ago, when I was uh, um, still a student, um, I um, um, did different things after I was in, after I graduated from high school. Um, and when I was a student, I worked um, um, but there was these, um, you know, Christians like, like that, uh, like to put this fish on their car, this fish magnet. And at, in College Station, you used to see all these, uh, uh, fish that had feet on them. And then I think often there was, uh, message inside that said evolve um let's what is this academic year that children return to schools without masks. The rapid spread of the Delta variant has changed that, with official guidance once again recommending face coverings for in-person learning, regardless of... Okay. Um. Often I still can't connect to Al Jazeera from the... Sorry to repeat myself. I usually... I delete these as I go through them, and then too often I am not, I don't, I rename them and I don't delete them. Al Jazeera reports that the first wind form was um, connected to the... Again, excuse me, pardon me. The USA spent hundreds of billions training Afghan forces, and now um, the Taliban's grabbed up the weapons that the Americans left for the Afghan forces, um, and uh, this one talking head says that the Taliban are doing better because of Pakistani um, forces have been training them, Pakistani advisors or whatever. Um, you know, 
Osama Bin Laden lived in Pakistan for a long time. And I don't know if you saw that movie called The Hotel Mumbai, but I saw the movie and I saw the CNN report. And, um, you know, these uh, um, criminals went to Mumbai and they killed so many people for no reason at all, um, except to, uh, to show that they could to India. Um, so, uh, you know, I don't know. I don't know what's up with Pakistan. Um, I do know that, um, um, okay, I know that um, we used to be buddies in Saudi Arabia. And the Taliban want to put Sharia law in, just like what is here in the kingdom of Saudi Arabia, which, you know, I got my phone, I got my watch stolen out of my room here when I was asleep in my room. Sorry to share, um, let's see, what is this? Al Jazeera said uh, the Taliban captured three provincial capitals today. Okay, that's some old news. Um, I saw a map of Afghanistan, and Afghanistan's like the size of Texas, and um, they, they they made the red parts um, Taliban controlled, and the blue parts are still supposed to be government controlled. And it looks like uh, 25% of the country is under control. Um, Afghanistan is a rugged place, and there's mountains there, and I'm sure there's earthquakes. And, um, you know, so it's not an easy place to keep up, keep roads up and everything. It is an apocalyptic scene. Skeletal trees with their fruit charred as they hang. No one has ever seen fires like these before. They came with little warning, leaving people stunned with everything lost. Even the dead weren't spared from the flames. Home and hearth fit now only for demolition. These are the consequences of an overheated world. The children's playground melted by the intense heat. Those who played here may well wonder what the future holds in this changing world. This will be the future, say the scientists, unless something is done. And this, they say, is just a hint of what could be to come. Humanity has lit the fuse, and humanity must put it out before it's too late. I talked to 65-year-old farmer Bilal Okudan. He tells me the only clothes he has left are the ones he's standing in. That sounds pretty sad. Um, um, I should count my blessings. Um, let me. This is in London. Um, I was gonna say something else and I forgot what it was. Starting in West London, about five miles away from where I am now, trying, attempting to storm that building and seeing mass clashes uh, with the police. They then marched through central London right here uh, to uh, the BBC headquarters in central London. And many people will question, why are these anti-vaxxers so against the BBC? Well, this group opposed uh, the government's policy in dealing with the COVID-19 pandemic, but directly hand-in-hand, hand, they argue that 
the BBC has a big part to play in that as well. We're hearing from uh, the protesters throughout the day telling me that the BBC are liars, they misrepresent the truth, and they certainly downplay uh, the amounts of people that have taken to the streets today. They also say that the BBC is promoting the government's agenda that ultimately is a form of control and even as far as brainwashing the public. But it's not just today that protesters came out in full force despite uh, the heavy downpour of rain which you can probably see. But throughout the pandemic they have been taking the streets. First of all they were really against all of the lockdowns and even when the COVID-19 restrictions have now been lifted they're still incredibly angry because what we're seeing right now is this vaccination rollout program has seen around 70% of the UK adult population being vaccinated and now that rollout is going to the under 18s too. So many people were chanting throughout the day save our children, that is their message. But ultimately they argue despite Freedom Day that we saw just last month, they argue they haven't had any freedom at all. Alright, we'll leave it there. Shadia Edwards Dashti, thank you for braving that weather for us. I saw um, that Bayer bought this company called Monsanto and it's an agribusiness company and they make uh, among other things a um, Roundup and I never never used Roundup on the farm but used to use Atrazine and uh, they, um, as far as I know that's still used in the USA and the European Union has banned it um, let's see. Um, as far as uh, climate change goes, the heat in the ocean is going to take a long time to dissipate, and the uh, there's CO2 in there. Um, this guy who wrote the graphic novel called Climate Changed, C H A N G E D, said that until. Um, the climate changes. People don't know. People won't know how bad it's going to get. And he, um, um, also wrote about Katrina, and I believe I spoke about both these before. Excuse me. Um, but it's worthwhile reading if you're interested in that, in that kind of stuff. There was, uh, a lot about Katrina there. And, um, and Katrina, all these single-story homes were on, um, underwater, and, um, um, I'm not gonna repeat any of the BS that I heard from different people about that place. This is from theatlantic.com. Climate change is here. It's a catastrophe, and it's caused by fossil fuels, okay? Well, you know, it's, people are driving cars, okay? Earth is likely hotter now than it has been at any moment since the beginning of the last ice age 125,000 years ago, and the world has warmed 1.1 degrees Celsius, okay? Um, just a moment. This is by Robinson Meyer. Um, this guy, this French guy wrote a book called Climate Changed. And mostly he was, um, it was you. Sorry to repeat myself. 
This is the, um, well, it was formerly the Quarter Hour Podcast. Um, I now call it Your Man in Riyadh, but I'm not there yet. Um, and it's, um, 10 after 1. That's for the ESL students. I think the Brits like to say, um, 10 past 1. Um, I know that was in your textbooks for the ESL students. It's 1.09 p.m. Arabian Standard Time. I believe it's 44 degrees outside right now. 0% chance of rain. And sunny. Um, it's supposed to be 48 tomorrow, so um, if you're feeling cold today, you can be okay tomorrow. Um, this is Omar W.J., and um, it's probably my last show, unless I hear some news that I gotta share. Um, my last show from from two hours west of Kuwait and an hour south of Iraq.